Welcome, everyone. This is WSQF Blinker Radio. This is yours truly, Mac on the Rock, Blinker Radio, Key Biscayne. I have the honor, and I hope this is not the first time, the last time, or any particular time. I think the moment is to introduce you to Fausto Gomez, who's running for mayor. I obviously would invite the other candidates as well to speak freely here, either together or individually. I would prefer to you all, the three of you, come here to speak together. But Fausto, you're the first, and uh, I'm really happy to have you here on Blink Radio. Kivas Kane, how are you? Good, Manny. Thank you for the invitation. Now, uh, now, uh, please tell us... uh, how excited are you to be the mayor of Kibiskane? Well, before before saying that, let let's let me thank you because this radio station has always opened its doors to the community. More importantly, uh, I remember when we started the campaign against the privatization of the Rickenbacker Causeway. Yes, my first appearance was on Blink Radio. Fantastic, and and uh, I think we got some traction. We got some traction, and that's when we started the citizen-driven campaign that led to the privatization of the Rickenbacker Causeway being, <coughs> at that moment, being sort of put off the table. I don't think many people, uh, this is the, what I find, um, what I'm fond of about your, not only know-how, but your leadership. I don't even think it was on the radar screen of this island, that they're getting ready to be blockaded <laughs> from getting into their island, and you brought it to this station's attention, and we ran from there, and Regalado definitely understood after two meetings that uh, you're on the wrong side of things. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for opening the doors to this radio station, to the community, and thank you for your invitation. I look forward to debating my... Um, my friends who are also running for this office, I think a debate would be extremely healthy. I believe that I have the knowledge, I know I have the knowledge necessary, the skills, the resources, and the time to be a very, very, very effective mayor. I have a unique set of skills that I want to contribute to the community, to my neighbors, so that we can secure the future of Cuba's Kane. I saw that uh, just recently when weeks before it became public knowledge yesterday or today, you had some intel on what the county was doing on the Rickenbacker Causeway on a pilot program that I can't find it to be anything positive, but giving the pelotons like full reign of our causeway, and you alerted the chat, the causeway chat. Please explain uh, why is it that you're always ahead of the ball and ahead of the curve? Well, I appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit about my background, my background, which will tell you why I think I'm ahead of the curve. So for 38 years, I had my own government relations firm focused on Tallahassee. Miami-Dade County was a client of mine. I represented Miami-Dade County. I also represented Key Biscayne. I represented organizations like Florida Power and Light and Bell South and organizations like Goodwill Industries and the March of Dimes. It was a very, very broad range practice. Let me, so let me just tell you something. I was a lobbyist. I am proud to say I was a lobbyist, okay? I was a very good one and I was a very effective one. For the village of Key Biscayne, I represented Key Biscayne for 14 years. And you know how much money we brought back to Key Biscayne in those 14 years? Over $15 million. Hmm, okay? that's, a big, that's a big deal. Over a million dollars a year. Okay, 
that for projects that the residents of Kipiskin would not have to pay because we secured money from Tallahassee for Crandon Boulevard, for wastewater, for stormwater, for transportation, for stoplights, for Harbor Drive, for a whole panoply of services. The difference between me saying I am a lobbyist and one of my opponents who was a lobbyist but refuses to say it, and therefore I'm talking about Mr. Rasco, who basically says he was Director of Intergovernmental Relations for Miami-Dade County. Now, I don't know what intergovernmental relations means. The only word that that means is lobbyist. <laughs> intergovernment. Right. So, I'm, and I'm not, this is really not shooting at him because it's not. I think we should all say who we are. I am proud of my career. I announce my career. I'm proud of what I've done. I'm proud of what I've accomplished. I am proud of my skills. I think we should all be proud of who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And announce who we are. Because that's the only way that the voters and our neighbors in Key Biscayne will be able to judge us fairly. This is who I am. This is what I bring. Simple. Simple. Now, these unique skills you uh, that you obviously have articulated here also includes a very profound Rolodex, in other words, contacts of people who can let us know what's going on, let us know when the village is not being favored, when it is being favored. So, so, you, so you asked that question, how, how come I obtained that information? Well, obviously I represented Miami-Dade County for close to 20 some odd years. I did a significant amount of transportation work representing Miami-Dade County. I also represented the Miami-Dade County Expressway Authority. I represented transportation entities up and down the whole state of Florida. So I have extreme number of contacts in the transportation field. I was alerted by Miami-Dade County, and I won't say who. I was called and said, this is what is being contemplated. And I announced it to this community. Why did I announce it to this community? Because it will impact us our way in and way out of our homes and of our businesses. And I think that the community deserve no less than if you have information of this nature, you announce it to our neighbors so they can plan their commute accordingly. I think that is respect to our citizens. Especially day by day, you mean. Absolutely. Respect to our neighbors. Now, I will tell you this. I subsequently received a text message from somebody in Dade County asking me to remove the post and telling me we will notify you prior to the memorandum that was issued yesterday. I don't know if you all saw it. There was a memorandum issued. Absolutely. It came, yeah, it came almost by a week the, later. By the mayor's office. Because your post was over oh, five or six days ago. Yeah, over five. Or longer, yeah. And it's gotten a significant number of, of, um, of uh, reactions to it. And so before that memorandum was issued yesterday, I had a copy in my hand. And I knew exactly what I was going to say. And again, it just shows the level and depth of my context. Let me tell you something else which I found very, very interesting. Now, folks, this is very important when you're what we consider to be a small little town, but we're a big town in in a bigger, bigger county. You need to have people in government representing us that pretty much knows these things, not like our current mayor who doesn't seem to know a lot of things. Well, I'm not obviously the current mayor. In my opinion, only is, is not Sorry. my opponent, so I'm not going to pine okay. on with regards to the current mayor. Let, let me just say this: so uh, today, I was having breakfast, and my cell phone rings, and it is a current commissioner 
a current sitting commissioner. In Dade County. Of the city of Miami. City of Miami. City of Miami. And this commissioner says, hey, I hear that you're running for mayor of Key Biscayne. And I said, yes. And he said, I want to be support you and I want to be with you. This is a current sitting commissioner in the city of Miami. I said, well, thank you. He says, how much money can I send you? And I said, I'm not taking contributions. I am self-financing my campaign. I appreciate your support, but if it's a question of how much resources can you help me with, I'm not taking contributions. So the commissioner said, well, let me tell you why I want you to win. Mm, interesting. Listen, he says, because the city of Miami and Key Biscayne have significant number of issues that we either cooperate on or collide on. And of the three candidates running, you are the only one that, in my opinion, can negotiate effectively with us at the city of Miami so that we can get a win-win solution. Now, I said, really? Well, I, well, you know, uh, one of my opponents is uh, on the Virginia Key Advisory Board to negotiate with you. This current commissioner laughed. And he said, well, I, I wonder what they've done. <laughs> this is the truth. And... The commissioner said, and I will tell you this, I speak on behalf of two other commissioners. So there's three of us sitting current commissioners who are going to wish you well. And we want you to win because you will be negotiating with us. He said, not because you are the easiest guy to negotiate with, because I'm not. He said, but because you're the smartest guy to negotiate with. You know how to cut a deal and you're going to be tough with us and we're going to be tough with you. And at the end, we're going to walk out with a solution that's win-win. City of Miami wins and Key Biscayne wins. For decades. That's the thing with government. A lot of people in Key Biscayne have got to understand, buckle down, folks. These decisions that you make in terms of electing your council really requires that they have knowledge to deal with the mainland. It's, this, is, this is true to back when we started this, back in 1991, to today. And the beauty of... Uh, this election cycle is that for once we have someone who's really been on the other side and on this side what more can we possibly ask for than to hear you out now you attended the the several uh, vision committee meetings I attended two of them two of them I, I attended one and I was really taken aback and I believe that you uh, have an opportunity to opine. I was very taken aback that we spent a tremendous amount of money uh, to just insinuate and say people from the outside who just sit there and say that we should elevate our whole commerce sector to prevent, I don't know, us to survive climate change. If climate change is the way it's going to be, we're going to be Venice. So why incur the, the costs my property at 800 Crandon is already 17 feet above the crown of the road of the of people just park here during storms. I'm not going to elevate even higher. Uh, I bet all the other commercial owners feel the same. I said that when I was there. What was your general take on, on the meetings that you went to? Well, I attended two meetings. I've read the plan. I, I've seen the plan. And let, let me just say this. Uh, the village of Kibiskane created, I think, a very distinguished planning committee for 2040. Uh, particularly, I consider the chairman and some of the other members of that committee friends of mine, and I think they've done an excellent job of contributing their skills and their talents to Kibiskane. 
Hibiscane also hired a professional firm, um, Platter Zybrook's firm, and I think at a cost of $160,000 to reimagine Kibiscane. What we're talking about is reimagining Kibiscane. Now, obviously, our issue is sustainability and, yeah, sustainability and reliability. Resiliency. Resiliency and sustainability are the two issues. And, and, and I guess a certain amount of that is vision, right. seeing around the corner. Right. And I believe that's what that board worked towards. Now, you can argue with the work product, you can support it, or you cannot, or you cannot like it. Obviously, I think some of the elements of the work program are excellent. I would defer with other elements of the work program. For example, one of the things that they're proposing is a roundabout at the entrance to keep us gained. I think, frankly, that's a good idea. Absolutely. Okay. So I applaud them. If it eliminates the light at Harbor and Crandon. Eliminates the light at Harbor and Crandon. It has a free flow of traffic. It has many positive aspects to it. And somebody like me who knows transportation quite well, I can tell you I think that would be a good thing. So I applaud them for doing that. Some of the other issues that they brought to the fore, perhaps... Personally, I'm not that much in favor of. How can, you know, elevating our commercial shopping centers. Now, let, let's look at this. That is, those are private property. They probably have a usable life left of 40 to 50 years. What incentives can we give a property owner to come in and knock down his or her business, spend millions of dollars rebuilding it, over probably an 18 month to two year period, lose his or her retail customers, either the restaurants or the shops. The rent. <laughs> all that. <laughs> and then so we can build it to a higher level. Now, in the future, can that happen? Yes. But at, in, at the current moment, what incentives will the village provide? Financial incentives? Nobody's talking about financial incentives. When I've asked that question, some of the incentives that I've been told is, well, they can build more, pour more concrete and build more square foot. You know something? So what are we talking about? So, okay, so we're gonna build more square feet of concrete, then we're gonna put apartments on top. Wait a minute, don't we have a traffic problem? And one of the things we wanna do is get rid of cars, and now we're gonna invite more units and more cars to the community? I think there has to be, you know, Thinking has to be more congruent, has to be more linear, that everything... Every well, something that strikes me upon saying that was in that plan, I also heard, like some kind of trolley service in the mainland. Who's gonna get, who in the QC is going to get on a trolley to go to Miami, I mean? Well, that's this, that's one of the things that they discussed. That's ridiculous. Which is a trolley service from Key Biscayne to the, um, to the uh, Metro Rail Station. I think that's that's actually a good idea. I, I also think, for example, that we should explore other means, including water taxis, from Key Biscayne to Brickle. So there are options, there are transportation options out there that we should explore. So I'm not closing the door on that. I, I value, I value thinking, creative thinking. Now, when you say water taxi, like the one in Fisher Island, or you're talking water ta where your car goes on the on the no, no, on no. the vehicle? Water taxis. Which is you, you the just, person. You, yeah, you go and you can. Go from here to Brickell Avenue or here to downtown Miami, wherever. Hey, that is worth exploring. I don't know if it works or doesn't work, but it is worth exploring. Particularly, frankly, if 
Dade County doesn't finish rebuilding Burkhardt Bridge, we should be. <laughs> and the and the Burkhardt Bridge, we have a or it, or it caves in. <laughs> we have a uh, hurricane level three storm, and you have storm surge, and then we don't have that. Then I believe Dade County's already talked about pontoon bridges. Yes, but Army Corps of Engineers. Army Corps of Engineers, but we're stuck here, so water taxes maybe in our very appealing all of a sudden. Very appealing all of a sudden. Yes. Okay, so now. Do you have the fear that I have? I know that there is probably the only one of the moments where the Matheson family actually needs to support us. Do you have the fear that I've had that perhaps there be a finagling to make a real private development use of the Crandon Marina, like a bayside? Because a mayor would have to stand up very loud, and and that would probably be in the first year of you uh, sitting on the dais. If they try to develop the Crandon Marina, well, if this, if the, if my neighbors on Key Biscayne, um, basically would like for me to be mayor and vote for me on August the 23rd, okay, I can promise you this: I can promise you that I will focus on mobility. I will focus on us being able to get in and out of our homes and in and out of our businesses. And if the city of Miami. As I said before, one commissioner called me and said, we want you to be the mayor because you can negotiate with us. If the city of Miami's position is we want to build something there, I will extract. I promise my neighbors we will be protected. And I will assure them that I know how to protect them in those negotiations. I'll tell you something else. And this is not my idea. This is somebody else's idea. But I think it was a very, very good concept. You know, the city of Miami wants to monetize 1.2 linear miles of the Rickenbacker Causeway. Let's let's be frank. They want to monetize both county and city. The city of Miami, because mostly they're the most bullish one. Okay. Yeah, they want to monetize between the Bearcut Bridge and the Pollock Bridge. That's where you have Virginia Key. That's where you have the Marine Stadium. That's where you have restaurants, et cetera, et cetera. Now, obviously. There are some hindrances to their being able to monetize that fully. One of the hindrances is Marine Stadium is there. Marine Stadium has not been declared a an architectural jewel. It's historically protected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's there. So Billis Candela. Right. If you're going to have development, obviously you need to protect Marine Stadium, rebuild Marine Stadium, or, or do something with it. At the same time, the city wants to create other activities in that 1.2 linear mile. Those other activities will create significant traffic, which will impact us as Key Biscayners. Indeed, it will impact all of Dade County. Because over the last 12 years, according to the county itself, you've had 120 million vehicles go through the toll plaza. Think of this, 120 million vehicles over 12 years go through the toll plaza. Mm. That makes the Rickenbacker. That's gone up a lot because last time I knew that number was a million a year. So, this is over 12 years. Yeah. And you're having you're basically. You're, 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 yeah, it's more. According to the county, it's 46,000 vehicles a day. Hmm. That makes it one of the most traversed and busiest highways in Miami-Dade County. So, if you take that 1.2 linear mile, which is in the middle, that becomes a traffic block. Obviously for the free flow of traffic that's going to Crandon or going to the state park. Well, you see it on the, on the drop-offs for the mast. Right. So this idea that was presented to me, and I thought it was a very good idea, is simply putting an overpass 
between both bridges. And having somebody, an architect like Calatrava or something, which is... Oh, Santiago? No way. He's the man. Somebody world-renowned. And make that a signature feature of the causeway. Okay, Okay, so we would jump from the... Powell Powell to Bearcup. Okay, so in other words, when we're leaving the key, before we even get to Bearcup, we're starting to rise. And then we then we we blend into the cap right. Powell. And so you let the city of Miami monetize that one point two linear mile. But then the question is who's gonna pay for it? Mm. I'll tell you this. In my view, it's not Key Biscayne. Right. If you say to Florida, because there's a state no, park back there. No, 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 no. City of Miami. Oh, they pay for it. If okay. you want to monetize that one point two linear mile, yeah, makes sense. You're gonna pay, my friend, okay, in order for you to make money so that you don't impact the traffic to our homes and to our businesses. Let me tell you, I really have not wanted to talk about this, but, but hell, I will. Now's the time. Okay. Why are we the only community, the only community in Miami-Dade County that pays a toll to get to our homes? There is no other of the 34 municipalities in Miami-Dade County. There is no other that has to pay a toll to get home or to get to their businesses. We are the only one. Yeah, my employees, uh, I have to pay them 100 bucks a month just to fund them getting to work. Yeah. So we are the only community. Now, I think that that merits a little bit of more consideration than what we currently receive from Miami-Dade County. Okay? Now, you can say the CPAS perhaps is, you know, CPAS doesn't pay, the CPAS is this, the CPAS is that. That's fine. And I respect the former leaders of Key Biscayne who negotiated the CPAS. And yeah, they keep it at $48, $48. Thank, thank God for them that had the foresight and they fought so that we would have a CPAS, which I think is a wonderful thing. And I take my hat off to them and applaud their work on behalf of this community in the past. But the fact of life is we are the only community that has to pay to get home. Okay, We pay our taxes to Miami-Dade County what for? Part of the taxes is for mobility and for transportation. In addition to that, we have to pay a toll to get home. Nobody else has to pay a toll to get home, but Key Biscayne does. So I think us paying that toll and us paying our appropriate level of taxes to Miami-Dade County merits a little bit more consideration than what we currently receive. I am not afraid of the folks up north or downtown who are hard-edged, many of them, and who really, frankly, do not care about Key Biscayne. Some do, some don't. They try to cloud effective decision-making. Very, very selective decision-making. I don't want Key Biscayne to continue to be seen as simply a revenue source for activities throughout Miami-Dade County. While they pose the word that you used, I can't pronounce it too well, <laughs> uh, the extra, say it again, extra threat to our community. Existential threat. Ex, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to mumble that one out. Existential threat to our... To our yeah, lives. so that's that's okay. what you used to describe what is true about Key Scanners. got to realize, folks, the people on the mainland don't really wish us well. They love our beaches, but it's their beach as far as they're concerned. The bicyclists the same. You don't see them paying the toll, and yet they get their own lane in the, in the pilot test. Okay, so now we realize that 
we've got to deal with this one. I like this Santiago Calatrava. I'm fascinated by everything he's built. It's just mind mind bowling, including the subway station in Manhattan. Uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous, tremendous uh, civil engineer, architect, vision, uh, visionary. Let, let, let me tell you something, which I think it's, it's quite funny. You know, I'm a fan of architecture. I yes, really, I really love. It's it. fascinating. I yeah, I really love architecture. And so, I'm in I'm in France one time. My wife and I, and we were renting a car and we're driving around Europe. And I found that in some small town, a bus shelter was designed by Philippe Stark. Mm. So I went out of my way with my wife saying, are you crazy? We're going out of the road, we're gonna go to a small town to look at a bus shelter. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta see it, yeah. Yeah, gotta see it. So, you know, when it comes to aesthetics, when it comes to architecture, when it comes to planning, I am hugely, huge fan because and I think it's important for a community. I think it is important community, it's important for Cuba Skin, and it's important for the greater Miami community. And it's for decades, it's for centuries. Absolutely. These these buildings and these structures and these bridges and these stadiums, uh, he's got a stadium. I don't not it's somewhere in Spain. Uh, I don't know exactly where. I wish I could remember. But if you can imagine that when the sun goes up and down, Santiago figured out that the, the reflections of his structure in this, the, the the wall of the stadium, in other words, the surrounding uh, periphery of the stadium, is a flashing eyelid. So as the sun goes up and down, the eye is opening and closing, meaning the bowl is where the where the audience watch. I'm assuming soccer. Uh, and the structure doesn't move, but it looks that way based on the sun, like it's flat, like the eyelids are opening and closing. Well, yeah, it would be uh, an overpass like that would be tr- tremendous. And could the city of Miami, the state of, I have to uh, say that the state has to get involved too. That's an incredible expense. You, you know, the Rickenbacker has a state road designation. Yeah, as well. because of the state park. Yes. Yeah, no, not because of the state park, because they, because they built an overpass. That overpass when we're leaving Key Biscayne and you're going up to I-95. Yes. That was built by the state of Florida, and so there. Oh, so that's the precedent for the rest of it to be. Oh wow, interesting. See, these are things that the village of Key Biscayne, the citizens, have to understand. This about you, Fausto, is those nuances. You know, there's things to learn. You know, there's a lot of voters that just gotta learn about things, especially the new voter, Key Biscayners. You just came to Key Biscayne. You might be voting for the very first time. Uh, sometimes you're voting for the very first time as an American. So you foreigners who are now American citizens got to understand that these nuances are so important. How do we deal with this tomorrow? Because in the end, if we get it wrong, it's going to affect real estate values. Um, it will affect our quality of life. And our quality of life. It will life. affect our resources, our money, our quality of life. Now, for example, do you know that the, the Crandon Boulevard is a county road? Mm-hmm. It's the only way in and out of a state park. Wow. Well, that's pretty obvious, but yeah, I didn't realize it's the only one. <laughs> so, I went to Tallahassee, and on behalf of Key Biscayne, when I represented Key Biscayne those 14 years, I put an amendment to a transportation bill that says if there's only one way in and out of a state park, then the state of Florida can finance the maintenance, construction, and improvements to that local road, which is Crandon. So, bingo. This is very important because very under under state law, the transportation trust fund, state transportation trust fund, which is billions and billions and billions of dollars, cannot 
be used to finance a local road. Mm. Crandon is a local road. Those billions and billions and billions of dollars can only be used to finance state transportation infrastructure. Which would be a turnpike. A turnpike, a state road, trains, et cetera, et cetera. Airports, whatever you want to call it. However, I looked at a law and the books for North Florida counties that said if there's only one way in and out of a state prison mm-hmm. and it is a local road, then the state of Florida can finance that local road. And what I did simply was I saw state prison and I added and state park. Yeah. So, so it was a three. You understand, four. folks, that's what government's all about, those nuances. Play on words. It's forever. I mean, they get put in the law. It benefits us. But you need to know those things. And, and so they put it in the bill, and there it goes. And so therefore, Which is what your job is as a lobbyist. That was my job as a lobbyist. And that's why I'm saying I am proud that, you know, of my career and what I was able to accomplish for Key Biscayne as well as other entities. And, and quite frankly, you weren't necessarily a resident of Key Biscayne when you did that. You were still in Miami? I or owned no? property in Key Biscayne for 21 years. I'm a full-time resident of Key Biscayne for the last 10 years. I moved here in 2012, 2013. I really I don't remember. So I've been a resident here for 10 years, but I've enjoyed life in Key Biscayne for 21 years. Yeah, so you've seen the metamorphosis of our I've city. Seen the metamorphosis. I know Key Biscayne. Very so, in other words, you were looking out for us long before you were permanent resident here. Sure. Those are, those are kudos. Those are things that show love for community. And the truth in the pudding is not what you say, it's what you do, you know. Let, let me tell you something else. One of the things that I am most proud of in my career, I mean, there are many things that I'm proud of. One of the things I am most proud of is saving the Key Biscayne Fire Department. Saving the Key Biscayne Fire Department. In 2009, 2009, Miami-Dade County wanted to absorb the Key Biscayne Fire Department along with the fire department of the city of Miami, Miami Beach, Coral Gables, and Hialeah. There are five municipalities that have their own fire departments. The rest are Metro-Dade fire. Mm. This is crucially important. So Miami-Dade County had the financial difficulties at that time, like everybody in the world did, because of the crisis 2008, 2009, 2007, et cetera, et cetera. So they viewed the fire departments so they would absorb the fire department and the resources that the Key Biscayne residents pay to maintain their own fire department, and that would all flow to the county. City of Miami, Miami Beach, Hialeah. A lot of money. A lot of money. It would take care of it. So what did, we, what did I do faced with that threat? Remember, I represented Key Biscayne and Tallahassee. At that period of time, I represented Miami Beach, I represented Coral Gables, represented the city of Miami, Key Biscayne. I did not represent Hialeah. So for those fire departments. I also represented Miami-Dade County, very important. But the county did not put this item as part of its legislative priorities. So they tried to back channel this. The county tried to back channel this knowing how controversial it would be. They tried to back-channel this and take our fire department away, which I think the best thing in Key Biscayne is our, our fire department. I 100% agree. It is excellent. 
My mom would be a testimony to that. It is excellent. So they tried to back channel this. Now, I caught them. And all I did was very simple. I let that bill move forward and I put an amendment by Senator Mike Fasano from Pasco County. Pasco mm -hmm. County doesn't care about Miami-Dade County. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he's a personal friend of mine. And I put an amendment saying that no county could have more than two unexpiring surtaxes. Mm. Miami-Dade County had two unexpiring surtaxes. The only other county that had two unexpiring surtaxes was Lafayette County in North Florida. I called the mayor of Lafayette County and said, hey, you have two unexpiring surtaxes. Do you want a third one? No, we're never going to have another surtax. Okay. So on a finance and tax bill not related to fire, you know, just let that thing. I just put a prohibition that no county had more than two unexpiring surtaxes. Now, what were those two unexpiring surtaxes? Jackson Memorial Hospital. And I was either homeless or children's trust. I forgot which, which of the two. So now the county ha had a Hobbesian's choice. Do I take the Key Biscayne, City of Miami, Coral Gables, Hialeah, Miami Beach Fire Department, and kick out the surtax for homeless or children or the surtax for Jackson Moore Hospital? Or do I let this thing not move it forward? And they did not move it forward. The other thing that the bill said is if Key Biscayne wants to keep its fire department, after this thing passes, Key Biscayne, you want to keep your fire department? Go ahead and keep it. But we, Miami-Dade County, are the pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> so you have to pay tribute to us. You know what the tribute was? One mil of our property taxes. Of the total general uh, property tax. One mil. Or the fire district. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> one mil of our property taxes, Key Biscayne, would have to go as tribute to Miami-Dade County for the privilege of keeping, of you keeping away. your own fire department. <laughs> That's theft, man. Now, let me, let me go a little bit further. Jesus. Let me go a little bit further. Miami-Dade County tried to do that. I blocked them. One of my opponents was the head of intergovernmental relations for Miami-Dade County. Uh, huh. That's your... Uh, uh, the, that's Mayor Roscoe. Yes. Ex-mayor, former mayor, Roscoe. One. Roscoe, Joe Roscoe, I invite you to come in here to answer to that, please. Yeah. And I have all the documentation, including letters to him. And I have copies, dated 2009, May 10, et cetera, et cetera. I, I have all that. I have the whole file. So if we want to discuss this issue, I'll just bring out the whole file with all the documentation. I will tell you this, we kept our fire department. Fire department is crucial and our police department are crucial to who Key Biscayne is and what we are. Our fire service is top notch. There is no better fire service in all of Miami-Dade County. Well, so much so that they were invited to 9-11, they were invited to the earthquake in Iran, uh, for the trouble spots in the world. <laughs> this fire department is known worldwide as uh, beyond the reach because we don't have these extraordinary emergencies yet they're trained they're fit some of them already come with their experiences I know personally in my personal life uh, my mother suffered from high blood pressure sure. and she was constantly in uh, 
she felt a heart attack was coming all the time. Never happened. But boy, when the Matrix would come through the door, four, five, six people in blue suits with those digital machines in their hands, she, her blood pressure would just disappear. Yeah, I'm telling you, there. It's just incredible. And now, Manny, so to finish this, I invite, as I said at the beginning, I would love debates. I would love debates. Right here on Blink Radio. Wherever. With Mr. Rasco and Miss Petros. No, not wherever. Here in Blink Radio. Here in Blink Radio. And so we can decide the issues, and we can sort of, you know, expose the issues to our neighbors. And I will tell you this: if you, whoever wants to debate the fire issue with me, come prepared because I have the full documentation, the full file, memos, reports, documentation. Kudos. Okay, so now, last night. Last night you were at the hearing, the budget hearing meeting. I was not present, nor was I watching on TV. Uh, everybody's taken aback by not everybody. There's a there's a contingent in this community who's always taken aback by increases in taxes. At, at this moment in uh, inflationary times, and looks like we're heading into a recession. Cuba scanners have a tendency to not feel the pain that others feel on the mainland. And mainland definitely thinks that we don't feel the pain that others feel. What did you observe at the hearing last night that took you aback or that you thought was positive? Uh, was it well received? What was the consensus of the council? Those things. Because you'd be facing that too. I went to, It was the first budget hearing. So I've been around long enough to know that the first budget hearing, the administration in every city, in the first budget hearing, presents a blue sky proposal. Okay? It's a trial balloon. Yeah, it's a blue sky. Everything that I want is there. Okay. And, you know, not criticizing the administration. I think they did a very good job here. Then they had needs and wants. Yeah, they do a good job. So I'm not criticizing them in any sense of the word. Nor am I criticizing the council. So the first budget hearing is blue sky. However, that first budget hearing, the administration proposed a 13%, let me repeat that, a 13% increase in our property taxes. A 13% increase. That's bloody murder for those who are on fixed income. Well, that's bloody murder for everybody. Let's be frank. Okay? Now, I went to the, to the meeting. I sort of raised my hand, and I was recognized to speak for my three minutes. I think I took two minutes of the three. And I said a couple of things on the record. Number one is, I understand this is the first budget hearing. I understand this are blue sky proposals. I understand this was not going to be the final budget. But I challenge you, our elected officials, to look at the budget and review it line by line with a fine tooth comb so we know we can identify operational efficiencies and then we make decisions of where we invest and how, how much we need to invest or where we basically discard. Let me tell you, there is nothing more important in government than the budget. Nothing. Nothing else. Why? Because the budget is ultimately the priorities that are established by the council. Okay? You can discuss everything. You can discuss policy. You can discuss all that sort of stuff. The budget governs, governs government. The budget governs government. I remember in Tallahassee <clears throat> that basically I put an amendment into a bill that basically said the Department of Education could not spend 
any money in doing this. Frankly, the bill passed saying the Department of Education will do this, and the budget said you can't spend any money in doing that. You know what happened? The bill was superfluous. You can't spend money implementing it. Mm. Okay? So it's so the budget is the crucial document. I stood up and I told the council, I respect your position. I understand the stage we are at. However, as a resident of Key Biscayne, I urge you to review the budget line by line, identify operational efficiencies, identify where we should invest our dollars, identify where perhaps we can eliminate certain items from the budget or not fund them at the level that the funding is being requested. Okay, Let's identify what are needs and what are luxuries, what's important and what's superfluous. And I also said I am fully in favor of funding government appropriately. Appropriately does not mean excessively. And a 13% increase is excessive to the budget of Key Biscayne. And very untimely. And very untimely. Now, uh, one of the uh, one of my pet peeves personally, you alluded to in the letter that uh, many residents have already received in the mail. It's a it's an envelope that you need to open because it says only the address in the back. So please open up a letter that looks like a letter that should be open. Period. And in there, you were very. Uh, I don't think indignant because I am. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that state by uh, street by street maintenance ob- observation. In other words, man, there's a lot of stuff in the village that goes by the wayside, just doesn't get fixed, and it's annoying. Yeah, so l- let me tell you. So that is a letter that I sent to the residents of Key Biscayne. We sent out 3,700 letters to residents. Obviously, we have 15,000 residents. Obviously, I am self-funding my campaign for mayor. I'm not taking a dime from anybody. My only priority are my neighbors, period. Okay. So you need to focus on what you believe are the folks that are going to go out to vote on August the 23rd. Okay. So we send out 3,700 letters. Now, this was not my idea. So I proposed something called a street-by-street program. Let me be very clear. It was not my idea. I am copying that from another mayor outside of Florida, which I love the program. But we're small. We're 1.4 square miles. If I am elected mayor, I will walk every single block of Key Biscayne. I will ask the manager to walk with me and the director of public works to block to walk with me. And I will invite the residents of that neighborhood or of that street. That could turn into a Pied Piper kind of situation. Perfect. And you know what we're Perfect. Gonna do? We're gonna identify deficiencies in that street. What's what's broken, what needs to be fixed. And then we're gonna have a report to council from the administration saying on Street X we identified these deficiencies. With with pictures. <laughs> And we're going to fix these deficiencies by X date. This is how much it's going to cost us to fix these deficiencies. Because I look at the village. We live in a wonderful place. Paradise found. Very, very clear. We live in a wonderful place. Okay? I would not live any other place but in Key Biscayne. I love it here. It is wonderful. 
but we don't take care of our infrastructure. We don't do appropriate maintenance of our infrastructure. Okay? Now, why do we have the resources? Do we have the personnel? Do we have a keen eye that goes out and looks for deficiencies so we can address them? I'll leave those questions for the future. But the fact of life is that as your mayor of I have the fortune to be elected, I will walk every single street of this village. We will identify the problems and we will get those problems fixed. I call that street by street. Second point, I, I will propose something to call you that I call, get me the mayor. You remember? Yeah, I so, remember so, in the letter. Somebody's home and they say, I don't like this, get me 24 the mayor. 24 hours or less, you will return no, the that, call. That's the third thing. Get me the mayor means today in Key Biscayne, if you call Village Hall, probably nobody's going to answer the phone. Okay? You're going to have to leave a message. Sometimes your call gets returned, other times it doesn't. If you call our electeds, it depends on who you are, whether your call gets returned or doesn't get returned. Okay, the citizens of Cuba's King today have to play this Russian roulette game in order to speak to their electeds. I propose to you this, I will sit at Village Hall in an office one day per week and you can come in you can talk to me about anything related to Key Biscayne. Just come in and talk. I'll be sitting there. That is my commitment to you. I call that get me the mayor. You will have the attention of the mayor. You can walk in, tell me I have this problem or that problem, and we're going to try. If it's doable, we're going to try to get it fixed. Okay? No, you know, one of the things I dislike the most is people tell you something on Monday and then do something differently on Tuesday, you know? No, that's that's got to be everybody's pet peeve, but about I'm, especially local municipal government. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that person. Whatever I tell you on Oh, Monday, yeah, yeah, I will, I will, and then nothing happens. Whatever I tell you on Monday, we're going to do on Tuesday. And you know something? Sometimes I'll agree with you, and sometimes I won't. Okay? And if I don't, I'll tell you to your face, politely, I disagree with you, but please tell me how I'm, why I'm wrong, and please try to convince me, okay? That is what I call leadership. That's what I call, get me the mayor. I will be the voice of the citizens on council. Uh, would you set up a new phone line, a uh, different number and everything for people to reach you or, because they might misinterpret this as, call the mayor, <laughs> call the village, and then the village doesn't pass the information to you, Listen, or you want them to come through the door and I just find you sitting there. I have had one telephone number for I don't know how long. And I'll tell you what it is. 305-905-9801. Do it again. It's radio. 305-905-9801. Call me. Call me. I have no problems with you calling me. I'm going to keep... I've had, That's the phone that's in front of me right now. It's the phone that I'll keep if I'm elected mayor. So citizens can call me anytime about any issue and I will answer their questions and I'll try to help them because if you're going to do this you need to be accessible to your neighbors your neighbors have put the trust in you to lead the community and you need to trust them and be responsive to them 
because this position is not about me, it's about us. And that's the crucial importance. Well, that pretty much is a perfect ending. That's, that was a closing statement. Uh, if there's anything else you, you would like to say, uh, by all means, uh, let's let's have at it. We've we've been here a solid hour together, and uh, I again I encourage the other two candidates to come in here and and speak up and enjoy what basically is a, a community's voice here at WSQF Blink Radio. It was built for this purpose. It was built to communicate. It was built to share on WSQFRadio.com. This uh, recording will appear tomorrow. It'll be right on the front page there. I have uh, I invite uh, Miss Petros and uh, Joe Rasco to also attend. And of course, uh, take up uh, Fosta's offer of the three of you coming in here on 94.5. So thank you very much for your time, Fausto. Manny, uh, thank you for opening your doors. Thank you for this radio station, which is important to keep us cane. And let me use to say, I look forward to debating our two opponents. I think it is only right for the citizens of Keepers Cane to understand who each of us are, what we offer to you, and then they can make the best choice that they believe should lead our community. Thank you, Manny. And now we get to go and have the treat of all treats. This computer never lets me down. The next song... Is called The Lucky Man by Emerson Lake and Palmer. And Palmer. Take care, my friends. WSQF 94.5. He had white horses and ladies. 